Welcome to Mount Olive First Pentecostal Holiness Church. Thank you for connecting with us. In just a moment, Pastor Jeff will be sharing an uplifting and encouraging message that we pray will inspire you in your walk with God. Our desire at MOF PHC is for you and your family to find hope in Jesus Christ so that he will transform your life. Thanks again for connecting with us. Please contact us if we can help you discover God's purpose for your life. Enjoy the message. Uh, today I come to you with a word uh, that I want to share with you that I know is not an easy topic to preach on, um, but it's something that I desire for this church because my heart is that each and every one of us would all have a healthy relationship, first of all, with Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. That we would have a healthy relationship with Jesus and that also that we would have a healthy relationship with the people around us in our life. And the only way that you can have a mature and healthy relationship with God and other people is to make sure that there's no uh, bitterness or resentment or anger in your heart against other people, no matter who they are. So we have to ask God today to deliver us from those things so we can continue uh, to grow spiritually and to uh, encounter His presence more and more in our life every day. The only way you're going to have just a uh, tremendous uh, blessing with God, a full uh, experience with God, is to make sure that your heart is right with Him and your heart is right with other people. So that's my heart today uh, as I preach to you on forgiveness. But before I preach, I want to ask you to bow with me in prayer. Heavenly Father, come to you again right now, Lord, just first thanking you, Lord, for everyone that's under the sound of my voice. I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity, God, to preach the gospel. Lord, I don't take this assignment light, God. I know it's something that you have called me to do. There's times that I wrestle with what you want to say, God, but my heart is to be a heart that is obedient to you. And God, I just trust it right now, Lord, that through your Holy Spirit, that in this place today, God, that you would touch every heart, God, and make us receptive to what you want to do. And, and Lord, I'm believing that those that have been wounded, those that have been broken, God, those that have been rejected, that today, God, they would uh, find freedom in you, find help and healing in you, and that you would begin to restore those things that have been broken and what the enemy has caused in our life. We pray that today, God, that you would begin to put things back together in a way that would glorify you and honor you. And we ask it all to be done, Lord. I just trust your anointing to flow now upon everyone's ears and hearts and upon my voice right now, Lord. Uh, May I speak in love today, God, and not cling like no symbol, but I speak, God, with your authority, with your anointing, with your boldness. But most of all, Lord, I pray that you will cover every word in love. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. On June the 17th, 2015, a young man walked into the Emmanuel Methodist Church in Charleston, South Carolina during their prayer service on one evening. This young man walked into that church during that prayer service and he killed nine people and injured three. How many of y'all remember when that happened? I remember when this happened, and I remember trying to process my own emotions of what I felt was going on by this tragedy. I was mad. 
I was sad, I was filled with grief, and then I began to think, I can only imagine what those people in that church, that family of believers there in Charleston and Emmanuel Church, man, how they must feel right now. They've been devastated. They've lost some people very precious to them. You can only imagine the emotions that were coming up through each one of them as they played over in their mind what had happened there in that church at Emmanuel Methodist Church in Charleston, South Carolina. But after some days went by, something truly amazing came out of this tragedy. And it happened at a news conference that was held at the killer's trial. And at this trial, they had this news conference, and these members of the Emmanuel Church, one by one, came forward, uh, and they began to offer forgiveness to this young man who had killed these people. They offered forgiveness. One of the ladies that was there that offered forgiveness to this young man, her name was Miss Nadine Collier. I have a picture of her here on the screen. Miss Nadine Miss Nadine lost her 70-year-old mom in the church that night during the prayer service. And at this event, at the news conference, Miss Nadine looked this young man in the face and said, I forgive you. She said, I forgive you. Even though you took something very precious from me, I will never talk to my mom again. I will never, ever hold her again. But I forgive you. And I pray that God will have mercy on your soul. She later reported after talking to some people that her faith in God, her faith in God is what compelled her to forgive. She said, if this man, if this young man, if this killer came looking for a, for he, if he came looking for hate, he came to the wrong place. You see, Forgiveness is a beautiful thing. Forgiveness is powerful. Forgiveness is a beautiful word when it's somebody else's story. Forgiveness is a beautiful word when you're the one receiving forgiveness. But what about when it's you and you have to forgive someone else for what they've done to you? I can assure you that everyone under the sound of my voice today is here and we've all been hurt at times in our life. We've all been maybe verbally abused or physically abused. Some of you have been rejected. Some of you have been abandoned by those that are closest to you. Maybe someone has lied about you. Maybe you were in a relationship with somebody and all trust was broken. But at one time or another, we have all been hurt by people. It could be something that happened last week in your life. Or it could be something that happened years and years ago. And over time and over time, you're still angry. You're still bitter on the inside. And you're trying to endure the pain that has been caused to you in your life. If you will, just pause with me for a minute and imagine forgiveness. Just imagine being able to live a life of instant forgiveness. That no matter what somebody has done to you, no matter what somebody has done to you or your family, that right there you're able to immediately and totally forgive that person. Imagine forgiveness. The true reality for all of us is that we have all been wounded and we've all been broken by the actions of others. 
And our natural human nature is that we want to seek revenge and we want to pay them back for the wrong that they've caused us when God's word says, Do not avenge yourselves. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. But every time, every time someone hurts you or causes pain in your life, you have a choice to make. Say choice. You have a choice to make in your life when somebody hurts you. You can either choose to, to hold on to the, the bitterness and the anger and the resentment and let it destroy you over your life. Or you can choose to forgive that person and find freedom in your life. My heart for you is to find freedom. See, here's the problem. If we choose not to forgive and if we choose to live a life of unforgiveness, we're going to go through life filled with hate. We're going to go through life filled with anger, which is going to lead us down some roads of destructive choices. I met with a young man a few weeks ago, a young man in his 20s, and he's doing everything he can to cope with something that's going on that happened years ago. He's feeding himself pills and drugs. He's feeding himself alcohol, trying to drown it all. When the, when the problem all goes back to something that happened years and years ago where he keeps holding on to resentment and bitterness and anger because of what somebody did in his life. Friend, let me just tell you this morning, if you decide to make the choice to hold on to unforgiveness, it's going to take you down a road of some destructive choices. And it will kill you. The solution for you, Jesus said, is not to walk around in unforgiveness, but the solution is for us to walk around and to forgive people. Jesus said, forgive others like I have forgiven you. And when you forgive others, you will experience healing in your life. You will experience freedom in your life. And that's our heart today. So just for the next few minutes, I want to talk to you about how to forgive someone. How to forgive someone. There was somebody who asked this question in the Bible. And his name was Peter. And you find it in the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew chapter 18. And Peter is asking Jesus a bunch of questions. And he's saying, when somebody uh, hurts me, uh, when am, how, how many times am I supposed to forgive them? And Jesus gives this parable uh, to Peter found in Matthew 18, 21 through 35. Y'all pray for me because I need my glasses. This is Jesus and Peter having a conversation together. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? And Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times, or 70 times seven. And then he begins to tell Peter this story. It's a parable. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began to settle the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 talents, which is about $12 million in that day, was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. The servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged. I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him and counseled the debt and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denario, which is about $20,000, he grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, Be patient with me. I will pay you back. 
But the servant refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I counseled all the debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. And listen to what Jesus said. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. What is forgiveness? Let me give you two definitions of forgiveness. Forgiveness is surrendering my right to hurt you for hurting me. Surrendering my right to hurt you for hurting me. This is my favorite definition of forgiveness. Forgiveness is showing the heart of God to people who have hurt us and caused pain in our life. Let me ask you this morning, are you showing the heart of God to the people who have caused pain in your life? Are you showing the heart of God because that's what God desires for you? Listen to me this morning, please. I know today that it's a battle. It's a battle to forgive. Can I get an amen? Amen. It's a battle to forgive those that have hurt you, especially considering what some of you uh, have been through and how people have treated you. But let me just tell you this morning, Jesus says that we must forgive. I didn't say it. Jesus said it. He said you must forgive others. I wish Jesus would have said, slap them twice, then forgive them, but he didn't say that. Some of y'all wish the same thing. Don't look at me like that. (laughs) Forgive them. Jesus said, forgive them. Forgive them for all that they've done to me and the pain they've caused in my life. Forgive them. They better be thankful I hadn't killed them. Hallelujah. Forgive them. Forgive them for the way they've they backstabbed my family. Forgive them for how they've treated me through all this mess. Forgive them. There's no way in the world I can do it. And that's right, friend. You can't do it. Only God through you. He's the one that can help you to forgive. And that's why you need him. And if you have a desire today, and I believe everybody under the sound of my voice, that you would have the same desire to be more like Jesus, then if you're going to be like Jesus, you need to walk in the spirit of forgiveness. Let me ask you this morning, have you forgiven those who have hurt you? Have you forgiven those who have hurt you? Listen, I'm not up here today to excuse anybody's behavior. I would never try to minimize anything that you've been through in your life because I know how it feels to be hurt, and I know how it feels to hurt other people. But one thing I've come to realize and one thing I understand, that if I'm going to move forward and experience all that God has for me and my walk with Him, I must forgive people. And God has commanded us to forgive others. And the only way to forgive others is to understand that forgiveness first comes from God. Is anybody in here today forgiven? Why don't you give God a hand clap of praise? Forgiveness comes from God. If you're going to forgive other people, you need to first realize that forgiveness comes from God. In this story I read to you, this king is a, a symbol, a picture of God himself. 
Uh, this servant comes to him with this huge debt. And what does this king do? What does this master do? He shows mercy to him. He shows compassion to him. And he forgives him. And that's just like our God, friend, our heavenly father, out of his pure love for you and out of compassion for you, he will forgive you when you come to him and humble yourself. First John 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. God is the one that forgives us. And listen to me, friend. If you claim this morning to be a follower of Jesus Christ... There, at some point in time in your life, you confessed your sins, you repented of your sins, and you trusted in Jesus. How many of y'all remember that day? What a glorious day, man. Praise the Lord. You remember the burden was lifted off of you and the, and the peace you felt when you received by faith the forgiveness of your sins? Man, I can't even explain how it felt knowing that my sins had been washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. And now I'm a new creature now. I'm not the same old person. I thank God today for his forgiveness. And our forgiveness that we receive from God should flow toward those others around us who need forgiveness. We should be the most willing people. You're never more like Jesus than when you're offering forgiveness to somebody. And we should be willing to forgive others because God first forgave us. The great preacher Charles Spurgeon said these words. He says, let us go to Calvary to learn how we may be forgiven. And then let us linger there to learn how we may forgive others. Friend, if you want to know how to forgive, just focus and meditate on the cross of Christ. And what he did for us on the cross and knowing that he died for each and every one of us. He died for us even while we were yet sinners. Because we fall short of the glory of God. I want to enlighten everybody in this room today on something. We have all failed. We have all messed up. We have all rejected God at times in our life. Can I get an amen? Amen. I know I have. We've all messed up, but out out of God's love, He still sent His Son Jesus to come and save us and to set us free and to forgive us of the sin debt of our life that we could not pay. And despite our failures and despite our rejection of God, He still came for us. Do you ever ponder the cross of Christ? Do you ever ponder what Jesus Christ did for all of us? I mean, you think about it. Jesus came to this earth and did something that nobody else could do. He lived a sinless life. The Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And He come here out of love to save and forgive all of us. And when He comes here, man, man, us, we reject Him. We despise Him and we cause pain in His life. Do you know that man, the battalions of soldiers, it says in the Bible that battalions of soldiers with their fists, they beat Jesus. They beat Him in His face, slapping Him and hitting Him with His fists, spitting on Him. And then they stripped him. They stripped your Jesus. They stripped him and they drove nail spikes through his hands and through his feet. And then they lifted him up on an old rugged cross to be publicly shamed in front of everybody. And there he is with a crown of thorns pressed down into his head. And can you imagine the scene? The blood coming down his face. And the Bible says that he was disfigured in his face so bad that those closest to him could hardly even recognize him. And he's gasping for every breath because he's being suffocated right there on the cross. And through all that pain and through everything he's going through, I don't even know how he did it. It was supernatural. Out of his mouth, he whispers a prayer. Father, forgive them. 
Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. Friend, I'm telling you today that Christianity, the kingdom of God, is all about forgiveness. The kingdom of God is all about love. It's all about grace. It's all about mercy. The kingdom of God is not about hatred. It's not about anger. It's not about prejudice. It's not about resentment. It's all about the love of God. And he did that for each and every one of us. So forgiving others is going to start with receiving forgiveness of your sins. Let me ask you this morning, have you, have you received the forgiveness of Christ Jesus? Have you asked him to come into your life to forgive you of your sins? I hope you have. There's going to be an opportunity for you to do that in this service today. I want you to notice with me this servant. He owed the master, I told you, 10,000 talents, which is about $12 million in that, in that day. And here's the point. The point is the amount is something that he could never pay back. It was an enormous amount. It was an unpayable amount. And I hope you understand that this servant today, he, that, that's you. That's me. That's all of us in this room today. There's a sin debt that none of us could pay. None of us could repay. I want you to hear me clear this morning, friend, that uh, you being a good person and doing good works will not get you into heaven. The Bible says that all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. Your righteousness is like filthy rags. The only way you can stand before a holy God one day is because you have the righteousness of Christ in you. Paul said this, It's by grace that you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so no man can boast. Good works and being a good person does not get you into heaven, friend. Heaven is not for good people. It's for forgiven people. Have you been forgiven today? If you've joined here today and you think that you can earn salvation by doing one little thing to merit that favor of God, you're completely wrong, friend. If you could do anything to earn salvation, then it would be no reason at all for Jesus to have to come and die on the cross. And the good news is that it's only by God's grace and mercy, no matter how deep the sin in your life is, no matter how far you feel like you've gone, I don't care what you've done. I don't care what kind of sin that has entangled you. It doesn't matter to me because... Jesus has the power to set you free today. doesn't matter how huge your sin debt is. Jesus can free you today. He paid the price, and all you have to do is put your faith in him. Listen, let me tell you this morning. I, I went a lot of years not serving God, and I sinned against God in a lot of different ways. And I've done a lot of bad things, just like many of you have gathered here and done today. But you know what? I thank God he chose to still forgive me. It doesn't matter where you've been and what you've done. God will forgive you. If you're grateful today for that forgiveness, just clap your hand and thank Jesus. Listen, we struggle, we struggle with forgiveness because we forget how much God has forgiven us. If you're going to forgive other people, the first thing you need to do is you need to take time, set aside time to be somewhere where you can recall how God has forgiven you. And you, when you begin to think about what God has done in your life and where he's brought you from, then that will enable you to offer forgiveness to somebody else. Because if he, if he forgave me and he restored me, then he can do it for anybody else. Why shouldn't I forgive them as well if God can do it? So God help us to recall his forgiveness so that will enable us to forgive others. The second thing I want to tell you from this story is forgiveness has no limits. I love what Peter says here. Peter gets right righteous. 
He says, uh, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? And Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times or 70 times 70. Peter tried to put a limit on the forgiveness because in the Jewish custom, you forgave somebody three times. I'll forgive you three times. After the third time, lights are out. We're on. But Peter said, you know what? I'll just show Jesus just how righteous I am. And instead of three times, I'll say seven. And Jesus said, no, not seven times. I want you to do it 70 times seven, which is 490 times. And Jesus was really saying, don't put a number on it, Peter. You just keep forgiving. If they hurt you or offended you or caused brokenness or wounded you, it don't matter. You just keep right on forgiving them because I forgave you. Don't put a limit on forgiveness. We as Christians ought to know today that no matter the extent of the wrong, no matter how big it was, or no matter how small it was, we should still offer forgiveness. We know today that the debt that we owe is compared to nothing to what we owe to God in comparison to what people have done to us. In other words, we ought to forgive people who have hurt us no matter how bad they've hurt us. We ought to be forgiven people. Paul said this in Ephesians. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ, uh, God, forgave you. Listen, forgiveness has no limits. Forgive your brother and sister. Forgive those in the church that have done something to offend you. But listen to this. Jesus said, not only don't stop there, but I want you to forgive your enemies too. He says, I want you to love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Why in the world would he tell us to do that? Pray for your enemies and love your enemies. And the only way you're going to be able to follow God's commands and accomplish what he's asking us to do is through the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. The Holy Spirit will empower you to have a divine love and a divine grace and a divine mercy that you can extend to those enemies in your life. How in the world do you expect me to love and pray for my enemies? Only through the work of God in your life, friend. There's examples all throughout the scriptures. How many of y'all remember the young man named Stephen when... He's standing up preaching a sermon and he's talking to the religious leaders how they're the ones responsible for putting Jesus on the cross. And they pick up stones and they begin to throw them at Stephen and they're killing him. And while they're stoning him to death, he whispers a prayer, Lord, forgive them. How in the world can you do that? How in the world can you pray for your enemies like that when they're killing you? And then think about our ultimate example, Jesus hanging on the cross at Calvary. The torture and the pain that he went through on the cross and he still prayed for them. Father, forgive them for the pain and rejection that they've caused in my life. Let me ask you something this morning. I don't want to minimize what you're going through, but when you think about what Jesus went through on the cross, what is that in comparison to what you're going through right now? He knows exactly how you feel and he tells us that we need to pray for those that are our enemies and we need to love on them. So we ask the Holy Spirit today to help us to do that. No matter how many times they hurt us, and no matter who it is that has hurt us, we do not put a limit on forgiveness. Are you still with me today? And then finally, I'll tell you that forgiveness sets sets us free from prison. It says the servant had been set free from an enormous debt, and now his debtors, uh, he encounters his fellow servant who owes him 100 denarii. We know the story there. 
He comes up to him. I mean, if it was me and I had just been freed from all this debt, I'd have ran up to my friend there and I'd have said, Look, man, I know you owe me $20,000, but my master just forgave my debt of $12 million, so don't you worry about paying me back. Glory to God, I have been forgiven today of my debt. You think that would have been his response, but what does the Bible say? It says here that he grabs the man around the neck and starts choking him. Anybody in your life you'd like to choke today? That's what I should have titled it. He began to choke him. He says, pay me back everything that you owe me. Pay me back everything that you owe me. And friend, let me just tell you something right now. Unforgiveness will destroy relationships in your life. I mean, i got to go ahead and tell you right now, if somebody's got their hands around my neck choking me, I'm pretty much done with them. I don't normally hang around people who choke me. And this man right here, he's being choked. And sometimes, friend, when you begin to choke somebody, you choke the life out of the situation. And some of you have showed up this morning, and you're choking people. And because you're choking, not only you, but everybody around you, they're all just dying from what you're doing. And eventually, if you keep choking somebody, you're going to end up like this servant here, and you're going to end up back in prison. You're going to be in a prison of bitterness, in a prison of unforgiveness. And I heard somebody say this, the worst prison you can be in is the prison of an unforgiven heart. Unforgiveness will imprison you. And while you're in that prison, you will be tortured. It says that through the resentment and through the bitterness that you will be tortured. Listen, I don't know of anybody, I've never met anybody that I've counseled. I've never met anybody in this church that come up to me and said, you know what? Man, glory to God. I feel great today. I'm holding on to this bitterness on the inside. I'm holding on to this anger. I'm holding on to this grudge. And I feel great. I've never seen anybody like that. When you see them, friend, you can see it on their face. They're just consumed with it and it's eating them alive and it's slowly killing them. I always say it like this. It's emotional suicide because you're hanging on to that bitterness and that rage. And Jesus, Jesus knew we were not designed to be in a prison of bitterness in our life or resentment. And he said these words, happy are the merciful and happy are the peacemakers. You offer mercy and you'll find mercy. You offer peace and you'll find peace, Jesus said. The good news is when you choose to forgive, prison doors will open. When you begin to forgive, chains will be broken off of your life. Does anybody need some prison doors open in your life today through your relationships? Does any of y'all need some chains to come off today through some relationships that you're in? When you choose to forgive, you will experience true freedom in Jesus Christ. How many of y'all remember the story in Genesis where uh, this man, it's the greatest story of forgiveness, one of the greatest in the Old Testament, named Joseph. Joseph was betrayed by his own family. He was sold into slavery and then rescued out of that slavery and became one of the uh, leading men at that time. And during that uh, situation that Joseph was in, uh, God put it where his brothers and them would have a, uh, a reunion together. And instead of Joseph being mad and being bitter toward his family because they sold him into slavery, what does the Bible say? It says that he embraced them and kissed them. You see, Joseph made a decision. He made a decision that he was not going to be a prisoner of bitterness in his life, and he was not going to let unforgiveness take over his life either. I'll never forget, several years ago, we had a young man come to celebrate recovery one night. And he told me I could use his story, so I'm using it. 
This man struggled with alcohol addiction for many years. He lived on the wild side. And let me go ahead and get it on out there right now. It's not anybody in this church. So don't come up to me out of the church wondering who it was. If you want to know who it is, I'm going to tell you it was Lisa Dale. This man, he struggled with alcohol addiction, and it says during this time when he was uh, on the wild side, he went to a, a major car dealership in, right in this, in over in the uh, Rocky Mount Wilson area. If I named it, you would know it. And he went over there, and he purchased a car. I've shared this story once before, one time before, a long time ago, but it's got a powerful story of forgiveness. And he purchased the car at a major dealership over there, and something went wrong with the transaction, and he won't satisfy with the car he got, and there was a lot of stuff that went back and forth, and he told them pretty much, you know what, the way you treat your customers, you, you're going to get paid back for all that. And it won't long after he purchased that car that he went back over to that dealership one night, but when he went back this time, he carried two rifles with him. And he shot up all the cars on the parking lot at the dealership. He shot out the windows uh, in the dealership, and they never called him. They never, they never knew who did it. And during that time, about five years span went by, and this, this man and his family, uh, they, they had an encounter with Jesus, and they got saved. And they began to live for the Lord, and, and he told in the testimony, he says, I realized that I couldn't go any further in my walk with Jesus until I made restitution and made things right with that car dealership. So you're talking about close to uh, five, a little over six years now, had gone by, so he called down to the car lot and asked could, uh, the lady on the phone, he said, could, could I meet with the owner of the dealership? And she said, sir, you just don't call and uh, meet with the owner of the dealership. And he said, well, I owe him some money. And she said, well, you'd be here tomorrow then. <laughs> so he, he testified, he said he went and withdrew all the money that he had in the bank, which was not enough to cover uh, the restitution for what he had done, he grabbed a, a directory that they had at their church with a picture of him and his family in it so he could carry that as proof that he's actually in church now. He had in his mind when he showed up at the dealership, he says, I'm going to probably go to jail today. He was prepared for all that. And when he walked into the owner's office, he said, Sir, let me go ahead and tell you first of all, I'm saved. I've been washed by the blood of Jesus Christ, and I'm a Christian now. He says, and I've come here today, and I want to offer I want to ask you for forgiveness, and I want to make restitution with you. And the man said, what do you mean? He said, well, you know, many, many years ago, your car lot was shot up. And uh, he says, I want you to know I'm the one that did that. And he says, as soon as he got those words out of his mouth, the owner pushed back from the desk and threw his arms up and just looked at him in the face with a blank stare. And he said these words out of his mouth. He said, son... I want you to know over the last couple of weeks in my Sunday school class, we've been learning about forgiveness. He says, so here's what I want you to do. He says, I want you to get up and I want you to walk here behind my desk and I want you to let me give you a hug. Man, that's a story of somebody making reconciliation and in an example of what Jesus has done for all of us and by forgiving us of what we've done. Friend, let me just tell you this. If you, if you want to... Forgive other people and you want to see God restore some things back in your life again, then it's going to start by you making reconciliation. You got, you got to take a step. You hear me? You got to take a step toward them and, and let them know that you forgive them and let them know you want to make things right. And that's what this man did. How many of y'all are thankful today for the forgiveness of God? Praise God. 
He will forgive you. I'm going to ask you, sister, if you'll come and the musicians have come and we'll wrap this up. But I want to just say I'm thankful today. I know you're thankful today for God's forgiveness. Listen to me. Maybe you've showed up today and you've never encountered the forgiveness of God. I know people all the time that they, they, they've been to church all their life. I've talked to them and, and they would tell you, man, you know what? I just went through the motions year after year. I just went through the motions. But I never came to a place where I said, Jesus, I am a sinner. I need you to forgive me of my sins. And I confess them to you today. And I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead. And I want you to forgive me today so I can have that assurance and I can have that security to know no matter what happens to me in this life, that one day, one day, one day very soon that I'll be with you in heaven. And I want to tell you, friend, that there's no limit on forgiveness with Jesus. I could bring people up here across this stage all day long to testify about how they have rejected God and ran from God and cursed God. I've cursed God's name. I've rejected God. I know I've caused him pain. But out of mercy, he still forgave me. And he will forgive you too. He will forgive you, friend. But it all starts by you calling on him and humbling yourself and just confessing to him, Lord Jesus, forgive me today. I need your forgiveness in my life. Would you bow your heads with me, please? Everybody across this auditorium, please bow your heads and let's pray. You may have showed up today and the Holy Spirit's talking to you about making sure that your sins are forgiven. I'm not your judge. It's only between you and the Lord so I want to ask you this morning, if you're here and, and you would like to uh, make a decision to follow Jesus, you'd like to make that decision to receive forgiveness over the sins of your life today. Nobody's looking around and just so I'll know how to pray. If that's you and you want the preacher just to pray for you, would you lift your hand real quick and put it down? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God, is there anybody else? God bless you. Let me just assure those who raised their hand. That Jesus loves you and he died on the cross for you. And once you receive salvation for him, friend, you're saved and on your way to heaven. Repent of your sin. Trust him today. Believe in him. Follow him all the days of your life. And right now, just right where you're at, just admit to him and say, I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. And I need forgiveness of my sins. Cleanse me, Lord, from all unrighteousness. Right now, Lord, I surrender my life to you. I ask you to forgive me of all the wrongs, all the sin, all the junk in my life. I ask you to forgive me for it right now, Lord. And I thank you that through your blood, that sinless blood, that are all washed away, never to be remembered again. I thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer today, friend, I'd love to be able to talk to you and encourage you before you leave. So be sure to come and see me at the altar. But here's where I want to wrap things up, and we got plenty of time. Some of you are, are, are solid, God-fearing people. But resentment and anger has creeped its way into your heart. And you're, fine. you're, you're just wondering, am I ever going to get over this? Am I ever going to get through this? Because something has got to break. Because if it don't, I'm going to be in this prison spiritually and physically the rest of my life. And I cannot go on living this way. 
Friend, Jesus wants to set you free today. He wants to set you free. He wants to set you free from whoever it is that, that, that has you bound. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to stand with me right now. All across this auditorium, I want everybody to stand with me, please. I'm not going to invite anybody to come to the altar because if we did, everybody should be here because all of us struggle with this. So right there where you're standing at, let that be your altar right now. Let that be your altar. And I honestly believe right now that God is placing some names on your heart. God is placing some people's faces in your life right now that when you think about them, you know there's resentment, you know there's anger, you know there's a grudge there, and you want the Lord to set you free out of that prison today. You want that chokehold to come off of your life and come off of their life so there can be a relationship that's restored again. So here's what I want you to do. I want you just to hold your hands out in front of you just like this right here. I don't know how you want to do it, but you can let the Lord lead you on it. But just pretend that that person that's coming to your mind is right there in your hands right now. Maybe you have them. Well, don't, don't have them in a chokehold right now, okay? You have them in your hands looking at them, and you're asking the Lord to free you so you can forgive them. Lord, right now, I'm looking at this person they don't even have a clue what they've done to me in my life. I'm tired of being broken by it. I'm tired of being wounded by it. I'm tired of being imprisoned by it. And Lord, I, I just need you right now, Lord, to help me have a love for this person that I'm looking at, God. Help me to love them and pray for them despite what they've done or despite who they are, despite how many times they have hurt me. God, I want you to just release me today from this pain. God, release me from this hurt today. God, release me from this bitterness. Release me from this grudge in my life today, God, so I can be free. God, I pray, Lord, that I would just see your forgiveness in my life so I'll have the heart, God, to forgive those around me. And I pray that today, God, that no matter what they owe me, God, or what I feel like they owe me, God, that I'll release them from that responsibility today, God. I'm not going to hold them accountable to that anymore, Lord. I'm just going to release them from that responsibility today, God. And I'm just going to love them, and I'm just going to be a light to them, and I'm just going to share your grace and mercy over their life with them, God. And Lord, I pray that as I look at this person, God, that you would give me the wisdom Give me the strength, God, to make reconciliation with them, Lord, so they can be free and I can be free.